0: G'day listeners, Hef here and welcome back to the Keeper League Podcast. Uh, We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast It doesn't focus on the superstars, uh, we focus on the lesser knowns and the guys that are going to bring you value in your Keeper Leagues. Uh, Usually right now I am joined by Kays, but uh, you may have heard on the socials that he has uh, perforated his eardrum, so it's a bit painful for him to, um, I guess, chuck a pair of headphones on and uh, talk at the moment. So what we're going to do is I'm going to record the, uh, I guess, the first bit and the uh, question at the end and Kaze is just going to join us for the round rewind. So before we get stuck into the podcast, uh, we'll just uh, thank Remedy Kombucha for supplying us us with a few drinks. Uh, I forgot to put some in the fridge for tonight. So uh, yeah, they're just sitting nicely on the desk here. If you're watching the video or if you're listening, you can just imagine that they're uh, sitting on the desk there, ready to drink. Uh, Hopefully the ones in the fridge uh, cool down quite quickly We can get stuck into those. Um, Last week, uh, last Friday it was, we held our podcasters uh, Keeper League draft. So we've posted the results for all the draft picks up on our website. So if you're keen to see how some of the uh, podcasters drafted in a Keeper League, uh, check that out. There was some uh, interesting picks. Um, there was some surprising picks. For example, um, Riley O'Brien was in our draft pool and he only went at pick two. So Matt Rao went before him. So that was interesting from uh, Cam there. Um, But yeah, have a look and uh, see how we drafted, uh, rate our teams, uh, send us some feedback and uh, yeah, would uh, appreciate that. So check it out. Uh, We'll get on to the breaking news, I guess. So no big injuries or anything on the weekend, but uh, Alex Sexton... um he's done himself a hamstring so it's going to be interesting to see how that happens apparently he's going to miss uh, round one but we could see players like uh, I guess um, two meter Peter I guess might be a bit more um, confirmed for round one I'm not sure how that will benefit us uh, in keeper leagues or anything like that but uh, he's one that could could come in Uh, another guy that's uh, a bit injured at the moment but that's Isaac Rankin but if he's apparently ready for round one he could come in hopefully it confirms Connor Buderick actually um, starts in the the side because we know the fantasy talent that he actually could be I know he's playing a bit of a different role to what he was in his junior days. Um, but yeah, he's still shown uh, signs in the preseason, especially in the first half of the game against Geelong. So it'd be pretty uh, handy if he gets a run, uh, someone to target in your drafts as well. Uh, Scott Lycett, uh he came off in the third quarter, but he actually got injured in the second quarter. So uh, his score looked pretty bad, but um, yeah, he was actually going all right and scoring okay until he actually got injured. So he should be fine for round one, so we'll keep our fingers crossed there. If not, the obvious one is Laddams comes in and uh, Westhoff does a brunt of the uh, the backup rucking. So that could be a, a possibility, but I think he'll be right for round one. And then uh, Taylor Adams, he um, came off with a, a bit of a sore hip, so... That uh, Collingwood uh, midfield Is a little bit depleted Right now um, There's talk of Sire Coming in for him I personally can't see That happening Considering he hasn't Really featured that much In the preseason um, But I think it confirms Someone like Rupert Wills uh, Plays round one As well So we know he's been A good points per minute Scorer in the uh, over the years But he doesn't get Enough time on ground To be a serious Contender for fantasy That said If he gets uh, enough Time on the ground You know He gets 60, 65% That type of thing He can pump you out An 80 Which can be handy For a last midfield spot But wouldn't be holding breath or wouldn't be uh, you know relying on him for a fantasy spot there so that uh, is basically all of the news so next up Kays will join us for the round rewind we'll get that done and uh, then uh, afterwards I'll answer some questions solo so yeah here comes the round rewind Okay, mate, nice of you to join us for the round rewind. Thanks, mate. Off my deathbed today. It's yeah. It's
1: basically the uh, podcast is equivalent of, you know, Demet Brereton playing through punctured lungs and broken ribs and all
0: that, you know? Yeah, basically, with the uh, ear and I guess it would hurt to talk as well at the same time. So It's a very weird feeling. So, I think I might have to hang the surfboard up and stop hanging 10 from now on. It's, mate, uh, you are too old for that shit. Uh, yeah. You're yeah. a, a balding 31-year-old, mate. You shouldn't be on a surfboard, all I right? need to know where my place <laughs> is to be sure. But uh, yeah, actually, funnily enough, a guy who also
1: went down in the same wave a bit further on the beach yeah. got pulled out the... Uh, uh, ocean by two dudes, and he
0: snapped his thigh bone. Okay, it sounds like a pretty dangerous day. So in the water. yeah, look, I, you know, I got away pretty scot free, really, which is the here, So Yeah. Okay. Let's just stay away from the water, mate, and focus yep. on the podcast. All right. I'll stay in nice little Adelaide. All right. Uh, let's have a talk about some games we saw on the weekend. So the first up is Adelaide versus Gold Coast. So I, would like to say I had a look at this one, but it started at I think 2:30 uh, PM or something ridiculous it was a weird like time, that. Yeah. I think it started at 4:15 or something like that. So it was really hard to get home in time to have a look. We also had our Draft uh, on Friday night, which I talked about earlier. But uh, anyway, we get stuck in. Uh, the first player that stood out to me was, uh, um, sorry, stood out to me was uh, Paul Seizman. So he had 110 from 78% time on ground, and he looked to carry over from last year. So at the end of last year, he was playing on a wing a lot more. It was him and Brody Smith on opposing wings, just racking it up at the end of the season. The Crows obviously wanted to use uh, the ball, move the ball a bit quicker. So yeah, he only averaged 72 last year, so that means we could see him slide a little bit in drafts. I think he might be available in our draft coming up on Friday, case. No. Um, He's not? He's been kept? Okay. He's been kept. Maybe it was a different draft I was looking at. I've been in three in the last fortnight, so. You're addicted, mate. You're addicted. <laughs> um, but yeah, we could see him getting up to those higher 80s, I think, this year, if he keeps playing that wing role. Got yep. an opinion, Case? I do. I think that, um, you know, Smith, Miller, those kind of guys, Seedsman,
1: they're going to be important to how the Crows play this year. And I think we haven't seen as much with Jones and those kind of guys come on, and unfortunately with the in the Marsh series. So, I think that, you know, um, Nicks might be giving the, the mantle to someone like Seedsman to be that, you know, creative, running. Driving player, so yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all if he kind of pushes into those uh, mid-tier 80s and becomes a handy, you know, M4.
0: Yeah, as much as the Crows are talking about, or well, you know, Crows supporters, especially think they're going to play the kids, I think Nix is definitely going to want to still win yep. this year, so he's going to play the best side it possibly can. I think Seedsman is in that, and I think that's on the wing, definitely. Uh, Rory Atkins, he also played on the wing, so he was on the opposing wing, and he scored really well last week. There was concerns, I thought, all pre-season, because um, I like the look of him getting defender status in Ultimate Footy, mm-hmm. but there was concerns about Seedsman and Smith, uh, I guess, um, being on the wing. On the Wings and kind of pushing him back into defence a bit more and Where he doesn't score as well but yep. um, Look they both played on the weekend and uh, Brody Smith played a lot more inside Midfield as well so in the actual centre circle um, At the bounces and things like that So um, yeah he um, And then Smith also looked to be playing in defence as well So the, the role I guess I thought um, uh, Atkins plays the, the, the difference is that Smith can actually score well From playing in defence mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. At the moment, it looks like he'll maintain his role on the wing or at least he'll get a bit of a run there every now and then. And I reckon that makes him a reliable defender. What do you reckon? Definitely. Look, I think him getting back status
1: is a massive tick, you know. And even if he doesn't really hit, you know, mid to high 80s, it's not really as a concern with the back status. I think, like, if he just maintained that that, uh, mid only, almost like Seedsman, you know, him having... Uh, Back status going this year It's like a free swing For all coaches So I reckon he can be More than serviceable uh, As a You know
0: Pretty handy defender For your team So definitely one I'd be locking in If I could For sure Speaking of defenders uh, Next up is Bryce Gibbs So He scored 76 points Playing defence And he's another player You'll probably get cheap This year after the Mm -hmm. stinker He had last year So look not 100% sold yet. He's still best 22. Could spend a bit of time on the twos because there's still always that talk about the Crows wanting to play the kids. I think if he's performing at the right level, I think he will play. Yep. So, um, look, I think he should be best 22. And if that's the case, he should be a handy defender this year. Yeah, I think he's going to start the season well. Otherwise, he's probably
1: one of the first guys that's going to get chopped. So, if you are an owner, I think you need him to kind of come out the gates firing. Otherwise, you are, yeah might be left with a bit of a dud this year.
0: Yep, I agree. Um, all right, Zach Smith. So, he scored 103 points. He dominated O'Brien In the hit out So he had 39 there So that's a bit of a worry For O'Brien owners Or guys looking at uh, Picking up in the draft If he was left in your pool um, But yeah He had 70 last week as well So he's averaged In the 80s before I think in 2017 He averaged uh, 85 Around that So um, yeah Look Wits um, is going to have A slow start Due to the foot surgery I think he had mm-hmm. um, They reckon he'll play around 1 But I reckon They might play The both of them To share the load yeah. um, Look he might be in line For some games early As well as solo ruck If uh, Wits doesn't come up But I don't see them if wits is fully fit i don't see them actually playing two rucks so i think he's a bit of a stopgap for the minute yep. um so he's not probably one on my radar but the score in the uh, marsh uh, game was pretty impressive i think he's got to be a handcuff if you've got
1: handcuff if you've got Correct. wits but uh you know someone like two meter peters in that side who can you know pinch hit in the ruck for the second ruck once wits comes back so um someone you have to have
0: i think as a, a wits owner especially with his slow start to the season Yep, definitely. Uh, Jack LaCosha, so he went head-to-head with Tom uh, Lynch and uh, gave him a bit of a bath as well, which was pretty nice. So Lynch did uh, copy the head knock, but he played on. But um, yeah, look, LaCosha's might be uh, a viable option as a defender, I think. Um, he, he takes intercept set marks, which is, uh, I guess, his forte, because um, he reads the ball really well, but he's also got immaculate foot skills, so they want the ball in his hands on the halfback. My worry is just when he will inevitably, well, I think he will inevitably be a key um, forward at some stage. Um, so I'm worried about this scoring drying up when that does happen because we know that role is not friendly for fantasy yeah. for the time being though i think it could be handy what do you reckon it's interesting because i was looking
1: back at the last year's prospectus and his numbers in the underage competition were really really good like he was almost close to 100 average player now yeah i know that he was like a big dude in you know Playing against kids And you know He's probably Kicking snags Kicking snags And you know But he's now jumped up That next level Where there's you know uh, Much bigger guys around him Much more experienced But I think that he's got Like the actual He's got some pedigree to him So you know Yes I know You always get a bit worried About him going up forward Or But I think if he can Maintain you know Playing in defence this year I think that's going to be huge For his scoring ability Even if he does go forward When the Suns improve Yeah I still think he can be a You know A key forward That can be like A a mid 80 average You know No
0: worries My issue is not with him It's the game itself like mm. He's definitely like going to be one of those Nick Rewalt types, I think. Yeah. It's just whether he actually finds some space to take a mark and kick a goal and that sort of stuff in the modern game. Yeah. I'm not so sure. But he could be the player that's good enough to break that mould. Who knows? He could be. Uh, Jack Bowes, Kays, I feel a bit dirty talking about him. Talk about him, um, please. 83 points. Actually, own him in one of our leagues. We own him in yeah. opp- opposing leagues. Yes. Um, all right, 83 points. Uh, look, not great for a midfielder, Kays, but the no. positive was he was mm. playing across halfback. Yes. So I think he's going to slip back into that role. He's uh, shown that he's not an awesome footballer so he's not good enough for the midfield um, but they'll check him across half back and I think he will become a DPP at some stage this season so the Gold Coast midfield doesn't need him anyway so. so I might not need to draft him. Any- Defenders in uh, our Friday oh, home You know league. what we say? We don't bank on it, Case, But uh, look, it's looking
1: good. The way good. It started. It's looking good at the moment. So the way started. He's just ticking into it. Don't worry. But uh, look, 83 points as a mid.
0: short's sure, not great. But uh, yeah, he's one that could be a real smoky for that DPP. For sure. Uh, ben Ainsworth, uh, the name that is on a lot of people's lips right now. Mm-hmm. So he had 77 points but only played 55% time on ground. So he went at 1.1 points per minute in this game. So hopefully this score pushes him back. Under the radar, because it's only a 77, but mm. I think he's still going to be have a fair few watchful eyes on him somehow. Um, look, I've got a really good feeling about him this year. I think he's going to go neck level. What yep. do you reckon? Uh, lids off the box. I'm a Ben Ainsworth owner. Love him. Uh, and
1: this is exactly what I wanted to see when we are talking about him in our in our previews for this year. Like We needed to see him be able to do this, um, whether he was going to be a quality or a quantity player. He's actually both. So, uh, bring on, I reckon he could be one of the, probably the top five forwards this year, no doubt.
0: Um, just a couple to look at to finish off. So, Hugh Greenwood only had 66 this week, but the positive was he was still getting that midfield time. Um, as a forward, I still think he's going to be great this year, despite this low score. It's just, Hugh Greens was, Greenwood is the type of player that does have up and downs like this. He yep. always has. Yep. And he'll go 66 one week and then 120 the week after and yep. average around that 80, marks, well, you know, 80 mark in there. So, I reckon, um, yeah, look, the only issue is he'll probably lose forward status at some stage. So, mm. he'll be a forward for this year. If you've got him, he's probably a guy that you're going to want to sell high on at some stage this year if you can because mm. he might not be a forward going forward. And as a, def- as a midfielder, I don't think he offers the same value. Um, what do you think, Case? Uh, his tackle numbers that are so good. So, I think he's always going to have value on a side.
1: Hopefully, he still kind of sneaks forward for... for um, to, uh, Gold Coast this year because I think he he'll probably he might still kick 20 odd goals and that might be enough to keep his uh his forward status but um look I think if you got him this year definitely holding him because there's a bit of upside with the new club so um you know tackles well is going to be best 22 there and I think you know he could he could be quite
0: a handy player this year and yeah maybe, maybe just keep monitoring this year uh, before we move on to the Hawthorne versus Melbourne game I guess Chase Jones was um disappointing I guess mm. as well so I don't think he's as much of a lock to be a fantasy breakout this season it's as that- with Cool. I mean, I was well, excited. I, f- I flagged it because he just looks too tiny for a permanent midfield spot, and he struggles to get into the game at times. Um, look, you know, I could be proven wrong still, but I just can't see it happening—not this year anyway. So, so I see Chase Jones is in our draft on Friday. Nah, not going near him. We're not going near him. No, we're going to just play out forward this year, or he'll have stints on the wing, but not get huge numbers. Yeah, I'm and I think he'll be a probably full time midfielder after that, which will yeah. Doesn't so you're mean. talking 2021s. Yeah, even then, I think- The proper third-year breakout. Even then, I don't think he's going to take a while if he does come. I just can't see it happening. He just doesn't look like a fantasy footballer This is a big call early on in 2020. I've already already made it. (laughs) I made it last year. He's made the call, guys. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, not- yeah, not anytime soon anyway. All right, let's move on to Hawthorne versus Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, so, my boy, Harry
1: Morrison, is he back is the big question. Uh, 89 points at 0.9 points per minute. Uh, had 23 touches, 18 kicks, and provided a bit of run and dash for the Hawks on uh, the weekend. Was it Friday even? I can't remember. It was a long, long weekend. For me. Yeah, it was Friday. It was yeah. like, while we are drafting. It was, yeah. Lot, so, so um, look, played a bit in the wing, half back, and look, we know that Blake Hardwick is injured. So, is he the guy that kind of takes his spot? That would be the Big, big question here. So look, I think, you know, I was super keen on him last year. He obviously didn't quite crack that Hawthorne side. Um, you know, had some issues there. But, you know, it almost seems like they've been happy to put him back in this side this year. Uh, he's a proven scorer. Um, look, there is obviously some risk there still, but I think the signs are good. Like I think him, him getting some good game time yep. in the last Smash Series game is a big Tick for his uh, 2021, uh, 2020 sorry, aspirations.
0: Yeah, at this point, I think he's the one that replaces Hardwick uh, going by last week. And uh, there's another guy I'm more hopeful of uh, fantasy-wise um, we're going to talk about next. But yeah, at yeah. the moment, I think he's the one that does pl- replace Hardwick. Yeah. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw would be that guy
1: that you're talking about, Heffer. Uh, 72 points for him at 0.9 points per minute. Real rangy defender. Uh, had 13 touches and 8 marks. So he's more of that, um, you know, Classic intercept kind of halfback bloke. So interesting to see what happens here. So he was pick seven back in the day, um, and then got moved on from Gold Coast or GWS, one of the two. Um, but yeah, Gold he should finally get a good crack at it this year. So he was in and around that team last year at Hawthorne. Um, there's all there's a bit of hype coming out about him in terms of what he can do. Um, I think even the prospectus talk calls him the next Grant Birchall. So uh, smooth mover, really really good kick. So he, I think it's between him and Morrison as who kind of. Is that, you know, last spot in the back line. It might be both of them, but how they both go in terms of their, their scoring, I'm not too sure. But I think for me, if he's going to be available in a lot of pools. He could be a nice little, uh, you know, mid-draft pickup, I think. Um, you know, no risk really taking him there. And uh, he could be one that could kind of push that, you know, high 70, 80 average, no dramas, I think.
0: Yeah, no, look, I think... The fantasy game, he's got a fantasy game, basically, this player. Um, it's just opportunity and I guess staying fit is mm, what's going to be yeah. his Interest biggest challenge. issue. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully he gets that opportunity soon because I reckon he will be a good pickup.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other thing we learnt, basically, from that game is that uh, John Segler is the number one ruckman. So unless Clarko is punking us all and Ashton Kutcher is going to come out in round one and be like, nah, big boy is the bloody number one ruckman here, you've got to have John Segler. Now, he's one that might actually be available in a few, few pools. So he's. He was available on our Friday night uh, Keeper um, podcasters draft. As a ruck forward, he's a super, super good option. So, he had 92 points, 32 hitouts. So, even if you aren't a big boy McAvoy owner, I think he's a good guy to get not just to screw someone else in terms of their handcuff, but he's one that you could play either as your number one rutman or as a forward option too. So, make sure you get in here and steal him early. Like I'm talking first or second round here because he's got talent. He's
0: still quite young. I think he could be the Rob of 2020. Now I did a startup keeper league draft um, last week, and it's with a bunch of blokes to go to the footy with. They're not super super fantasy nuts, but they do watch a lot of footy. Mm. Um, guess where I took John Segler? Your last pick? No, not that late. <laughs> I've got him at pick 26 That's damn good. intend That's to play him as a forward because I already have uh, other rucks yeah. in line as well. So I've got him up, picked him up as my last forward, I guess. Um, yep. I guess not many other people in the, in the league had that kind of thought. So I think he can easily be, you know, the high 80s, low 90 average yep. forward in your side, kind of like what Royal Marshall was last season. I think he could be the guy this year. Yeah, his
1: stats are really good. So yeah. I think if he's around, you've got to take him because you're not only going to screw someone else over who's a McAvoy
0: owner. Uh, he's also going to be very, very handy if he's side playing forward. I also picked up McAvoy too in that draft, but Just later on. Fun. Well, my thinking is what if this experiment doesn't work, but McAvoy does get Correct. back status yeah, in I the know. meantime as yeah. well. So then you've got another guy who'll go back in the ruck and get around the 80 mark and back status. So as long as one of those guys is playing. It's going to be very interesting this year. I yeah, thought. Very exactly. interesting.
1: Uh, On to Melbourne. So, Steve May, uh, he's back. So, 97 points for him at one point per minute. And he's going to be available in heaps of drafts. So, uh, 21 touches, which included 18 kicks and eight marks. So, uh, was obviously completely hampered by injury last year. Wasn't fit at all. Missed a heap of games. And I think he was pretty disappointed at how he kind of rocked up to Melbourne. So, fit and firing. uh, You know, when he was at Gold Coast, he was a high 70 average player as a backman. He just does everything right, takes a lot of marks, uh, kicks the ball pretty well, so he's always going to be kicking, marking, which is great. Uh, I think he's just going to be a very handy addition to any side, and I think you probably get him quite cheap as well because, you know, there's that, you know, key back stigma, and he had such a stinker last year, but he's a much better player than what he suggested he was last year, and I think, um, yeah, it's like a D4, D5. I think he could be a real steal in some drafts.
0: Yeah, a couple of years ago he was a high 70s averaging mm, defender, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, so I think he can get back to that. He's definitely viable. Um, he Tended to take a lot of kickouts at Gold Coast anyway, so yeah. that kind of bumps his scoring up a little bit too. I think. Yeah. So like with Hibbard um, doing that
1: role on the weekend and uh, Christian Salem out, so I don't know. Like I think Salem's really going to be taking a few more, but there's, but a, there's still always a spread though. Yeah, yeah there he's is one of amazed, the he's definitely one of the, one of the guys yeah, that could definitely. do it. So um, more than handy this year, and I think he's going to be undervalued quite a bit. Uh, Michael Hibbard so had an absolute day out but just don't think about it 115 points uh, 25 touches and 13 marks now that sounds amazing but I don't think Hibbard got anywhere near a ton last year and was absolutely stinky so Christian Salem was out last week uh, it was crook he's going straight back in that side and Hibbard keeps going back to that you know um, you know, whatever scrap kind of pile of Melbourne who plays. He's a locked. He plays more of a lockdown type. Yeah. Thing so he's not going to so. be that guy who's scoring those points. That's Christian yeah. Salem's role. Um, look, there's going to be a few more better options than him at the days. Uh, my boy Hef kind of got uh, sucked into Hibbard last year when he was on the scrap heap and uh, took him in the draft really, really early, which was all a laugh. It was but, the third uh, round. Yeah, yeah. Now that was a bad call. But uh, yeah, look, he's, he's getting past it. Don't, get too sucked into that score um, it's not going to happen each
0: week yep learned my lesson I was hoping he'd bounce back to the 2018 numbers last year didn't happen so um, yeah look I'm not going to go near him again unless it's like super late he's actually pretty good cover to have because he does play quite he a bit he plays most weeks yeah, yeah. and he, can, he does have the potential to be a good fantasy score it all depends on the role he actually gets and yeah. it doesn't look like he's getting a fantasy friendly one anytime soon I don't think so
1: and lastly Adam Tomlinson so it's probably highly unlikely that he's going to be around in many keeper drafts but if he is around for some reason that you know you you don't keep too many I think he needs to go early so he was always threatening to do what he did on the weekend but uh, his game was absolutely huge on Friday so 32 touches 10 marks I think was 137 points I'm quite keen on him this year so even if you are starting up a new keeper leg I'd be kind of uh, looking to take him in my side now we do know that mids roll thick when you're starting up a, a keeper draft and you can kind of go a bit later on them he's one that you know might really sneak towards the back end of the draft. And I think he's awesome, awesome value to take uh, in there because I think the role that he's going to play at Melbourne is much more fantasy friendly than what he was getting at um, GWS. And he's got all the tricks to be a good fantasy
0: scorer. Yeah, I think at GWS, he was thrown around in a lot of different roles that didn't really suit him. I think at Melbourne, he's just going to play pure wing. And uh, yeah, that'll really suit his fantasy game. So we should see him as a pretty reasonable fantasy scorer this year. Righty, I have your beloved Port Adelaide versus the Bulldogs. Yeah, I had a look at this game on Saturday afternoon. Um, few players to talk about. I know there's one guy you're going to be pretty keen to talk about uh, yes. from the Dogs, but uh, yes. we'll wait till we get to that. No, 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 so, um, can we start with that? Ah, oh, let's do it. Yeah, why yes. not? So, let's talk about... We'll start with the dogs. How's that? Yeah. Um, we'll go with uh, Tim English to start with, all right? Yeah, so, look, he on. went huge, Tell me case, Tell but me I want to give you... Don't get too excited because... <laughs> it's too late. Lysett was on 25 at quarter time. Yeah. And so, it was pretty much neck and neck, all right? Yeah. Then he's rolled his ankle real early in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And he, could, he basically didn't jump for the rest of the game. So, uh, every time there was a ruck contest, Lysett would run and try to come across the line and just body him out. And English actually looked like a good tat right? ruckman because he was just jumping over the top with him because he could Actually jump oh, yeah. So it just meant He absolutely dominated This game in the ruck um, Yeah basically English was just All over the top Of Lysa Before um, Lysa Came off injured Because it was so obvious He was just He was cooked yeah. I think he had 25 In the first quarter And then 10 For the next quarter And a half And then Jeez. came off So yeah. it was that Yeah that done So I think they just Precautionary I think he will be back in But Leah, look Tim English did look good I think the noticeable thing Is he actually looked um, sizable yep. He looked uh, pretty thick I yep. saw that last week as well So he actually looks like He's going to be able Hold his own a bit more. I just think pump the brakes a little bit on this score. (laughs) <laughs> no,
1: nah, this is Tim English here, man.
0: And then he rucked against Westhoff for the rest of the game Yeah, who's well, so. well, a great ruckman too. So,
1: you know, oh, yeah. chips in there. You know, like, don't worry about Brody Grundy. <laughs> if you're talking number one picks in a start-up,
0: Tim English. All right, uh, let's talk about someone else because I'm sick of talking about Tim English. Uh, Bailey Williams. So, uh, he was running mm. out of defence. Um, he had 90 points. Uh, 23 disposals for 73% efficiency. So, Caves, do you think he's redeemed himself? I hope he hasn't because I delisted him in
1: my, uh, oh, my keepers this year. Oh, I don't know. Like, yes, I know he played with with Easton Wooden, with the team on the weekend, but is he going to be that guy? I just don't know. Like, Matt Suckling, did he play? I, I didn't watch the game, so uh, yeah, it's probably bad. But, you know, like,
0: I, I, I still just don't think he's going to fit into that best 22. Interesting. Uh, Hayden Crozier didn't really feature. with no, he was on stinky, the side, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, good luck there. Well, what, Maybe he's delivered to the
1: wrong guy. Yeah, <laughs> probably. That's my luck. But uh, what do you reckon, though? Like, do you think he's done
0: enough to to hold his spot? Uh, oh yeah, I reckon he play. I reckon he play early. Um, whether he'll produce these sort of numbers in AFL level, though, I don't yeah. have that much confidence in him. Yeah,
1: Because he was the, when he was scoring well a couple of years ago, it was you know when he, running through half back and the wing. So yeah. you know, like I don't think he's going to get the opportunity on the wing now with guys like you know Bailey Smith etc. But you know, so he's going to have to play a lot more defence. That's it's good if you got him. I'm still interested in uh, redrafting him in our league uh, on Friday night. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I don't know. I I don't know if you'd be going early on him I think you'd be going mid-range mid on him just because there is some risk factor still
0: yeah I think so too uh, speaking about Bailey Smith you just mentioned before so we'll go under to him uh, he had 90 from 85% time on ground now what's really encouraging about this is he's actually getting those time on ground numbers up so last year he spent a lot of time on the bench and then a fair bit up forward so he's actually getting more midfield minutes too so I think this could be to Lipinski's detriment who we'll talk about next so I think one of those guys, well I don't think it's going to be detrimental to Lipinski I think it's just going to be hard for Lipinski to improve mm-hmm. that said I think Lipinski took a pretty similar number of um, center bounce attendances as well. Yeah. So, he's definitely still getting that run in the midfield. So, um, Bailey Smith and Lipinski, I'm just worried they're going to eat into his scoring a bit, but into each other's scoring a bit. But both of those guys looked really good. Uh, just on Lipinski quickly, he was also solid. He had 74 points from 75% uh, time on ground. So, yeah. I think I want both of them in my side. If you, if, especially
1: if you're starting up a new one. Like, they're both uh, mid forwards, So, like, I think they're just going to be super, super good for you if you years to come, really.
0: For sure. Uh, let's move on to some Port Adelaide players. You so, uh, <laughs> Justin... could have done this without me, man. Yeah, I know. Well, well no. I should have just You just, just made me sit that. through this, My ears saw enough without listening to your Port dribble. No, that's going to make it worse. Oh, Sorry, no. mate. I need to uh, take some more drugs. Yeah, well, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> uh, Justin Westhoff, we'll start off with. So, he started forward this week. Uh, so, stark contrast from the defender. We thought he might be playing. Uh, the defender role he might be playing this season. He had 109 from 71% time on ground. He's another player you should be able to get cheap due, uh, purely due to age. Mm-hmm. Um, by all reports, uh, I guess we've got a bit of a connection to Justin Westhoff and some of his friends and talking to them. Um, they reckon he might probably battle to uh, get another contract and this year. He's basically been told this is, this is it. So um, something really special would have to happen, I think, this year for him to go on again next year. So, look, for this fact, uh, for, for this fact I guess um, you will be able to get him quite uh, quite cheaply because people want to be up, offloading him this season um, to ensure that they don't just have a delisting and lose him for nothing. So you're going to try to, I guess – Either if you're going for a flag, you're going to try to you know snap this guy up because he can be a decent scorer, or if you're not um, pushing for a flag and you've got him, you want to be offloading him for the best price you can get. But um, look, look at the scoring in this game as well. So um, Scott Lysett did roll his ankle earlier, which like affected him. So Westhoff did a lot more rucking than usual. So he had 17 hitouts, which uh, boosted his numbers. So. Again, a player that you should be able to get cheap. He doesn't get injured. He runs all day. All that sort of stuff. So I have faith in Westhoff in keeper leagues, purely because you've got you're going to get him, I guess, a guy of his scoring, like power, uh, for less of a cost, I think, as well. So that's the only reason I'm big on him in keeper leagues. What do you think, Gabe? Uh, center forward, I think he's such a good get. Like yeah. um, especially with how Porter's shaping
1: up, like whether he actually plays, you know, forward or whether he plays back or whether he just kind of Uh, is a genuine utility. I think he's always going to be serviceable. And yes, like his age is bad, but... um he I doesn't still think play like an old bloke. No, he really. doesn't. No, yeah. he doesn't. So, let's hope he plays his 22 games this year, which would take him up to 290, yeah. only 10 behind
0: Kane, and then, you know, he gets another contract. That would be fantastic. Westhoff will always be a player that kind of gets a lot of loose touches, and everyone thinks that because he doesn't man up, but it's actually because he's just got such a huge tank yeah, that no is. one in a side can go with him. <laughs> he's one of the like, fittest guys you'll ever see. Yeah, At yeah. the at the, at the the games, they flash up, like, the kilometres covered, yeah. and he's always the top by an absolute yeah. mile. I like, know, like, if you put, chuck him in defence, like, you have to play a key defender on him because he's so at all but none of those key defenders have the tank to go with him and that's why he just racks them up yeah oh but seriously if you can get him in a draft take him he's going to be a steal this year uh Sam power pepper so he was uh listed as a forward this season so he mostly played in the midfield in this game though and he had 93 from 77% time on ground so that's probably the maximum you're going to get from Sam power pepper those sort Mm -hmm. of scores but as a forward that's going to be fantastic I think so he could be picked up a little bit later in drafts um just on the back of only going at 75 um average last year so you know have a think about that Um, yeah if he is available, I don't know if he's available in our league. case I think as a forward, he's probably going to be kept in most. Yeah. But if you're drafting, he's going to be one of those players that's uh, way down on the on the list because of that average last year. So keep your eye out for him; could be a handy pickup. Are we talking like proper midfield time for him this year, or it's going to be that forward role? You reckon? What's he gut feel? <laughs> I think it's going to be a mixture between the two. It's just this game; it didn't happen. So, mm. but you will get games like this where he does pump out decent scores that will be pretty pretty handy. I reckon he'll go around the eighty mark, and as a forward, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carl Amon. He played on a wing, so he went on draft in a lot of leagues last year. So he's a real big improver. He had eighty nine points in this game, and he'll be handy for your keeper league midfielder if you can snap him up. So I know he's someone who's available in our draft. So mm, I'm someone, thinking about him quite yeah, nicely. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to take him at pick one, I reckon. Okay, so no, no. no. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know who. Like, I haven't actually had a good look at. I haven't really ranked who's going to go on the first round. Pick one, by the way. I know that. So, um, Kays has got round our draft. So, I've got pick four. So, I'm just trying to having a look at uh, where, where I think people are going to go. So, I don't want really to give too much away because I know our league will be listening and <laughs> someone will try to screw me over just by taking who I want just before me. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. No, oh, yes, you would. Um, moving on, Charlie Dixon. Uh, he was on fire again. So, he had 62 from 63% time on ground, going at 0.8 points per minute. Um, look, he injured his groin and didn't pay, uh, take part in most of the second half, but I think it was more precautionary as well. He should be right for round one. I've got a good feeling about him this year. Uh, a couple of years ago, 2017, when Port made the finals, he was absolutely immense because he was – taking marks he was kicking goals which is unusual for Charlie Dixon but also as well he's a really good tackler because he's actually quite uh, agile for a big fella mm. so he gets those plus fours every now and then two and then five because of the free kick and then turns into what nine on top of that I'm yeah. not really good at maths but <laughs> yeah sorry eight <laughs> on top of that um, so yeah look um, I think he can be I think he can turn it around this year providing he stays fit yeah, I think um, his fitness is the big key. I think he came out in Adelaide Radio a couple of weeks
1: ago saying like he's never actually been fitter than he is now, like no injuries, ready to go. No one's ever said that before. No, nah, well, you know, <laughs> I love to buy into this pre-season hype. It's know, true man.
0: though. Very rarely he actually does a full pre-season. Yeah.
1: I can't actually remember the last time he's so, done one. So, yeah. uh, AFL injury list has him down at one to two weeks. So, yeah. But they do believe he'll be right. So, I think if he- Well, plays one around, or two weeks to the round one. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So, right, but yeah. I reckon- if that isn't actually that bad a injury, I reckon he's good to go because he's done that full preseason, which hasn't been done for a while, apparently. Um, and look, he's always been a pretty serviceable scorer when he's actually up and running and going. So, look, I know you don't like your key forwards, but I, I totally agree that he could be around that 80 average, no dramas if, uh, if he's going and Porter up and about
0: too. All right, last but not least, uh, Jared Leonard. So he had uh 39 points from 29 minutes. So he came uh, that this, this scoring came from two goals, like really late. Um, so yeah, that's how a big part of his scoring actually came. So he set up the mm-hmm. first half. So I'm not really sure if he's best 22, but just going on his history, he can actually be a pretty great fantasy scorer when he plays. He averaged 80 from seven games last year. I don't know, guys. I just don't think he's best 22 yet. Yeah, I'm
1: confused about that Port LA back line. You know, yeah. like you've got even you guys like Bonner, um, Leonard. Hartlett, Hartlett uh, Burton. yeah, um, That's your four kind of wingers and flankers yeah. there without factoring then, in you your know, keys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of guys in that who are not really sure whether the, the whole mix fits. So um, yes, I think someone like Lena a good scorer, but can you take him confidently early or mid in a draft? I'm not too sure. So I think he'll slide, but if he slides late, I think he's worth a flyer as well.
0: Yeah, rightio. Uh, let's move on to West Coast versus Fremantle. Are these my notes? They're your notes, Oh, sweet. Friend. No, I realise Andrew Brayshaw was in this one. Cool. Uh, let's start with uh, Andrew Brayshaw, I reckon. Uh, I've got written here just jizz face. it's um, disgusting. <laughs> well, that's all I can really think when I watch him on the, uh, on the weekend. Um, look, do you remember last year, Kays, when I traded uh, Andrew Brayshaw for Gary Ablett and you were just saying how much of a horrible trade that was and yeah. uh, Brayshaw really underperforms. What do you think about that trade now?
1: Has he played a good AFL game yet? Uh played good preseason season games That doesn't count <laughs> That
0: doesn't <laughs> count Talk to me in four weeks and I would not even have it going. written down here What he actually scored on the weekend Talk but to I know me in four weeks plus. When he's
1: actually proved himself well, On a big stage The
0: difference is He's now actually just playing full-time And it's just sweet to see He looks like he's ready for it um, Yeah look uh, Freo don't fill me with Like a huge amount of confidence But uh, look I reckon he's going to take That next step this year well, I hope he's right for you But I'm just not sure I just want to see it I'm more than I I will say You are right If he does actually perform In the first four weeks Of sure. this this year no, I agree with that okay. but I just think it's going to happen uh, Darcy Tucker so mm. Akers being injured I guess was good news for this year. so he had a free run on the wing and he really showed what he can do so he had 93 from 71% time on ground um, look Ace didn't play so he'll come back in and uh, Akers is out for quite a while so um, Darcy Tucker I reckon should get a run on that wing and get an opportunity to show what he can do so another one who's available in our draft case I'm yeah. pretty sure so yep. um, yeah he's another one handy to pick up I think he's listed as a forward as well Mid-forward, isn't he? Oh, yeah, get on yeah. board that yeah, yeah. nice um, but yeah do you have any other opinion on him uh, he
1: had some really good scores early last year when he was playing that tagging role you know had a couple of tons and he, as he went undrafted everyone was like where did this kind of come from but yeah definitely showed he was best 22 all last year at the, at the Dockers uh, played a lot of footy there and I think uh, even in this preseason I think there's been a bit of talk from um, Longmire that you know they're actually really happy with what Tucker's doing and he's going to play a lot more in the midfield so one to watch
0: he could be a real sneaky breakout this year I think I think so too. Um, Taylan Duman, is it Duman or Duman, or oh, I don't really know Duman. how. Every time I listen to a commentator say it, someone says it differently. So I'm just going to go Taylan Duman. Does so, sound right? Sounds good to me. Right, Continue. Cool. Um, All right, 90 points uh, running out of defence. So, he actually looks like a fantasy scorer to me. I've said this for about three years running now, but mm-hmm. he actually looks like a guy who will be a scorer coming out of defence. I'm just not sure when it's going to happen, but he is coming into his third season case. Yes. Um, could be an option. Do you know what I found funny? That like a lot of uh, people in the um, Keeper League gold members group on Facebook always yeah. use uh, Kayser's third year factor as like an actual reason why you should take hey, a guy. It's fact. I need to actually work out when a, what the average jump in the, the play his third year is and how it actually things. I'm actually going to do it one day I'm going to sit down and scrape all the stats and work out if third year really is third year breakout time. is the breakout yeah <laughs> anyway uh, Taylor Jamar, do you reckon he's worth grabbing uh, well he's actually his fourth year hef so oh, damn he's it. overcooked that's right because he p- didn't play in his first season but yeah. this would be his third full year yeah, which means breakout
1: uh, no, nah, he's on my watch list he's available in our draft um, and I did delist him in our other one ooh um, over Bonner, which is a, it's maybe a bad call in, in hindsight. But uh, these are the scores I wanted to see in the preseason. Um, and, yes, I do totally agree he's got some fantasy game. Hopefully, new, you know, that new coach just means a bit more free-running, exciting footy from Fremantle. And I think that uh, he fits that
0: bill very, very nicely. Uh, last one I'm going to talk about for Freo is Lockie Schultz. Uh, he's worth mentioning just in this podcast, I think, because he's had two good performances in the Marsh series. Um, look, he had 76 on the weekend. He'll play round one uh, by the looks. Like uh, it allows Freo to use Walters um, in the middle a bit more. So, look, I can't see Fremantle kicking a lot of goals this year, so therefore I can't see him scoring that well. Mm. But I think his performances have been good, and he could be a surprise package if Fremantle do pull out some better performances than we we're expecting. Do you reckon the the scores will be there? The big numbers, though, like nah, or will he just be a guy not.
1: that's going to be playing most? Weeks, playing
0: you know, most weeks yeah. and probably a handy backup, but look, yeah. he's shown potential that he can score if Fremantle are on top. Yeah, so that's just something you got to think about whether you think yeah. Fremantle can actually, you know, win a few games.
1: Yeah, I think he got, it was almost that Brandon Matera mould where you know when they're kicking goals and playing well, he's scoring well, but when yeah. they're not, you know, you don't really see the scores. So he
0: did last week play up the ground a little bit more. This week was a bit deeper, so yeah, it's hard to really yeah. see. Oh, you you definitely take a fly on him just because there's that factor He's, he's probably going to be playing, which is good. Yep, I needed as many players that are playing this year in my team as possible. Um, Look let's go to West Coast So Liam Duggan So he had 32 touches Off a halfback flank 124 fantasy points So he had a good game But he's still a little Untrustworthy for mine Mm. So last week He only had 52 From 85% time on ground So Mm. everyone gets hyped up About this Marsh game Playing against Fremantle With probably a weaker opposition But You know No one really thinks about What he did last week And you know What he's done The last you know 20 rounds before that as well So Look he's never averaged More than 67 in 5 seasons So That said I still think he's worth Picking up But just don't expect Big scores like this uh tend to agree you know I, I think
1: i'd still be interested in taking him yeah, late same. in a draft yeah, uh, because there is there is upside about it so
0: he's a good streaming option too yeah for <laughs> sure uh it's just when you stream those kind of guys which is a pain in yeah. ass. but um yeah. worry, the projections will have the best we're releasing the projections they they'll uh, tell you the best it. weeks to stream definitely sure. worth it
1: but um yeah i'd take him late but almost with no expectations, so
0: you're kind of impressed if he does do something good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move on to Jake Waterman. So he had 74 points. So I do like this guy. He's kind of one of my boys because he's a pretty versatile type player. Uh, this week he played um, forward kind of a bit more taller than he was at the end of last season. Um, but look, sometimes he is used as like that high half forward, the kind of Tom Lynch role, I call it, that kind of connector type. Mm-hmm. Also plays on a wing of time, played on a wing against Richmond uh, last week and looked good there. So look, I don't think he's going to be a huge score. I think he's only good for the low 70s, maybe mid 70s. If he's going really well, but I think that's good for one of your last forward spots. You know, play, especially if you play five forwards, and during the scare, um, I guess the scarcity. Mm-hmm. Someone I'd probably hope if you're going well, you don't have to actually field, but it could be a handy filling option if you need someone. Uh, well you better draft him and if, he, if he's your boy yeah, I don't know if he really fits My um, team, last, last, team profile Last pick of the draft I've Jake got some, Waterman oh, Maybe yeah I've, Maybe the rookie draft I've got some good forwards This year so I'm quite happy with that I can't actually name Too many more of them off, Apart from Andrew Brasher <laughs> On the top of my head But I'm sure I've got, only good guy in there. In yeah, I've got some good ones in there Actually um, in your head I've got some good ones in there Nick Natanui uh, We're going to talk about next So he had 64 from 58% Time on ground So I guess Nick Natanui Never plays large Time on ground numbers And he had similar to last week So don't assume He'll add more time on ground But uh, look Nui no, is like, it's a possibility he gains um, a bit more confidence in his body. They might start using him a little bit more. Wouldn't hold my breath, but that said, he still scores really well from low time on ground anyway. Should get around the, you know, this mid seventies, low eighties kind of averages this season. So um, look, put him down for that. Only issue is the durability. I think we've talked about this every week for the last few weeks, I think, yeah. but, um, and you're going to have to handcuff him with a lot of dudes because it's hard to tell who's going to be the backup, rug. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah look, going to be serviceable when he plays is he reliable no but you know is he worth it if you can pick him up late for sure all right, let's move on to GWS versus Richmond. Another one of my games. So look, Nick Haynes is the next one I'm going to talk about. So I said a few weeks back, I wasn't confident he'd replicate last season, but I'm a lot more confident now to seeing this game on the weekend. So if William stays out, which doesn't look likely, I think he's going to be back pretty early. He'll go huge, but I just, yeah, don't think it's going to happen, but he just intercepts so well. He had 113 points on the weekend from a 91% disposal efficiency as well. So Very a player, nice. they kind of want the ball in his hands in as well, yeah. which yeah. Um, I didn't, I don't factor in enough um, in those kind of uh, thinking, I guess. So look, he had 14 marks, which is a biggie, but he does that in regular season as well, despite this being a preseason match. Um, look, yeah, look, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to do what he did last year now. I'm kind of confident of it. Yeah,
1: he's going to be a super consistent
0: defender, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, my, my worry was that he would go backwards with um, players like um, Perryman and Williams actually playing in defence and not filling in gaps in the midfield. But I still think he can score with those guys in there.
1: But if he's the guy that they want the ball in their hands, then he automatically
0: well, one gets of that many, spot. But you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, So, But, you know, you averaged 80 last year. There's no reason he can't do that again, I no. don't think. I think the same, yeah. I think we'll get there. Uh, Sam Jacobs, he had 109 points. Um, he played 83% time on ground too, which is good for Jacobs because he's actually quite durable in that respect. Mm. He does go all day, even though he looks like he's lumbering around most of the <laughs> time. Um, he'll likely get rested throughout the year, so you're going to have to pick up Mumford just to cover those scores uh, when he does go out. But I reckon he's a great option if you're desperate for a ruck. Him and Nick Nui, I think, are a good option. If you really, really need someone You should be able to get them quite cheap I think Completely agree If you've got no rut going into this year You're going to get them late You're going to be fine Yep Stop gap for a year And try to find someone Later in the draft yep. um, Isaac Cumming So um, Good surname Because uh, I think a lot of people Felt that way When they watched this uh, Fantasy performance from him So uh, 101 From 61% Time on There's something the like about you tonight i oh, aren't we yeah. <laughs> Andrew Brayshaw What's been going a, on Been man? a bit rude What's going on <laughs> Anyway uh, 101 from 61% 61% time on ground. Uh look, where are we? He's coming off eighty-three last week from seventy percent time on ground. We know it's a tough side to break into, but if he can, man, there's some serious potential here. This guy can score fantasy-wise. Yeah. Um, I don't think his numbers were huge in the Nifu in comparison to others. I think they were quite good. I think they were around Yeah. I've got 70 in my head for the top, but I think it was higher than I actually that. think I, his underage numbers were quite good. Yeah, they were. I yeah. think that's why he's on the radar. And the mm. Nifu's kind of numbers kind of weaned me off a little bit because people yeah. I think it was maybe around the nineties. So I can't really remember what it is. I know it wasn't as good as like you know the hate leads and it things like be. that yeah. yeah um but yeah look i think if he gets a run at it he's going to be a star I fantasy know. wise sorry fantasy wise
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and definitely i'm just worried he's going to go earlier than he should in a draft that's my problem
0: oh if, even if he does that's a good thing because you pick up on the value that's left behind that's true that's but, true
1: but if you're keen on him i think you might yeah. have to go earlier than you might want to that's i think
0: problem. so too but it all depends on how smart the people you're drafting with very true so very know, true you probably they probably won- I'm not that smart, So that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, look, let's move on to t- Tom Green. So also solid again. He had 68 from 74% time of ground. Pretty much the same points per minute numbers last week. So I think that's yep. what you can expect from him. Um, look, I think he'll get a run early. And look, even if it's not sustained, he's really worth picking up just to get him on your list because it will be a gun of the future.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to do my rankings for this Friday for our draft. And I've almost got him as a first round kind of a proposition, not necessarily just for me, but I think that's yeah, where right. he might fly because, you know, like he's played two good games in the Marseille Series, there seems to be some kind of role for him you know with Taranto down you know yeah. like whether it's Haley who takes that spot I'm not sure but you know I think if you, you can play early especially in that side and score pretty well I think that's pretty good for his credentials going forward.
0: I just think looking at our draft specifically there's probably some more players that are going to be more reliable this season that you could yeah. pick up yeah. that's where I think he might slide a little bit but he's probably first, word, first round potential um, especially if you've I guess um, you want to stock up on a few younger guys he's yeah. probably a good one to go for. Yeah, uh, Harry Perriman so we know he's a gun. Um, look, 91 from 76% time on ground. What was interesting, and I really enjoyed this fact, that he played in defence even after the midfield injuries to players like Taranto and stuff like that. So, um, and, you know, Callum Ward out and there's a whole raft of them. But I think what's going to happen is we're going to see Haitley in a lot more playing those mm-hmm. midfield roles and probably Green as well and actually let Perryman stay on the uh, half back line, which is going to be really good for fantasy owners, especially in ultimate footy because he's already got the back status. But hopefully in some of the classic types and the super coach and stuff like that, he might get it back as well. So, um, yeah, really encouraging silence to see him play defence on the weekend. Hopefully that continues. Yep, gun. Uh, uh, Jackson Hately. So he's speaking of guns. Here's another mm-hmm. one. Uh, just get on board this guy. 94 points and looked silky smooth. Um, kind of playing on the, on the wing a bit more. Um, not as many much inside numbers, but this guy can score from anywhere. Like we saw in his uh, junior days at Central Districts, playing on a halfback flank and racking up tons in the seniors against you know the fully grown real men days. Yeah, real men. Real scores. men. Yep. So look, he could uh, go big as well. I think he's going to have an awesome season. Get on board, Jackson Hately. Uh, Tom Lynch. So, 109 points, four goals. Richmond will be around the mark again this year, which means there will be goals for him to score. Um, He came home really strong late last year. And, uh, look, mid-year and early last year, I think he really struggled due to the preseason injuries. But Mm -hmm. this year, he's had the full preseason At Gold Coast, he was an 80-average midfielder, and that team could barely kick a goal to save himself. Midfielder. 80-average forward, Forward. sorry. And that that team could basically, yeah, you know, they couldn't kick goals at all. So, um, he... Should get to the 80s, I think, this season, which, you know, as we talk about, we bang on about the scarcity of the forwards. I think he's going to be a great pickup. And another one... Jeez, I'm, I'm breaking a lot of my key forward rules tonight. You are. I think I'm just realising that you're actually going to have to pick some of them up this year. And I'm um, a genius. Uh, yeah... Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, no, but you're right. 2016, he averaged
1: 86, yeah. uh, averaging three goals a game. I don't think there's any reason he can't do that again this year. Coming into this season fully fit, Richmond are going to be great again. I'm a big, big fan of Tom Lynch this
0: year for from fantasy perspective. Yeah, same. Yeah, especially with his, the way he came home last year, um, should be pretty handy. Uh, look, Marlon Pickett, he looked fantastic. Still not sold. He's a huge accumulator. We talked about a couple of weeks ago about. Champions are tracking all of his games and he's only averaged about 70 disp- 17 disposals a game for his career. Uh, but look, he's got 88 on the weekend and uh, for Pickett... I think this will be on the bigger side of his scoring I don't think we're going to see huge like scores I don't think this is going to be the floor or anything like that so I think 88 you know 90 mark is going to be his good games and but he's one of those players that has a lot of hype so for me another one we were just talked about this before if he does go a bit earlier I think this is going to be a good thing because you'll find the value elsewhere and mm-hmm. just leaves another guy oh, he probably will score better for you um, so look but if he's available later on and if people aren't fooled by the hype I think he's a good one to pick up late because he's likely going to play most weeks and he can pump out a, you know an 80 or 90 each week, just help out your team. agree. I think he's a depth player in a draft league. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, Daniel Rioli, he had a good game. He had 91 points, kicked two goals. He's not really the type of player I'd look at picking up. He's very much your kind of small, high, half-forward kind of type player. And there's just too many mouths to feed in that Richmond, uh, in the Richmond forward line. So, look, good game, 91 points, but just here to say don't get sucked in by that one. I don't think he'll be the fantasy type really anytime soon. Rightio. Collingwood
1: versus St. Kilda. So kick off with John Noble. Um, he just really impressed me on the weekend. Genuine best 22 player. And I think he could be anything this year. So 73 points from him on the weekend. Always seems to have the ball in his hands coming out of defense. Um, always around the ball as well. Just mopping up the the, the interceptions and that kind of thing. Uh, and uses the ball really well, so one that just keeps going all day. I think he's going to go higher in some in some drafts because uh, one he was unavailable uh, as a midseason pickup, but mostly because I think that a half decent back who plays each week and scores at seventy five eighty is pretty well respected. So I think that uh, he could be a first round chance in our draft on the weekend. But I think you can basically lock in the fact he's best 22 at Collingwood after that game.
0: I was watching this game on the weekend and the commentators were talking about his uh, junior club and they were asking, where's Plimpton? And we, of course, know where Plimpton is Mm. because we're South Australians, but a lot of people don't know. But speaking of Plimpton, I was down that way on Saturday and I'm Mm -hmm. getting a bit off topic here. I was down Marion Way, which is close to Plimpton. And uh, I was, uh, you know, Doing some acting for a uh, video clip that's gonna music video clip that's gonna be coming out uh, right. tomorrow, I think. So Dos from the dra- uh, Draft Doctors, he has uh, recorded a film clip uh, for uh, one of his favourite players in the comp. I'm not going to give too much away, but uh, look Rightio. look out for. Uh, Look, look out for that video, but look out uh, a special acting performance from from uh, who? From, from yours truly, from, from you. this guy, from me, yeah, yeah, in the in the in the film clip. So, uh, hmm. look a bit of a collab there between scraping, the scraping, yeah, he? yeah. So. Must have been desperate, yeah. Look, mate, well, my acting skills. You, 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 I don't look like the greatest actor, but you'll be really surprised when you see them. I think. Okay, I can't so wait. So anyway, look out for that one. Can't Sorry to get wait. off topic, but back to John Noble. Um, look, I've talked about him. I talked about the end of last year in the finals podcast. Talked about him a few weeks ago when we talked about Collingwood. I'm high on this guy. Um, look, I don't think he's going to be, you know plus type defender, not going to be a Jake Lloyd type, but he's yep. going to be your 70 to 80 type that can, um, He, you know, and don't get me wrong, he will have some low scores here and there, but he's going to be one of those types that you can, you know, chuck in your defense and he will be serviceable for your side. So I think he's going to be a good player to get. Nice. The guy that really stood out for me though was
1: Josh Dacos. So he was actually everywhere on the weekend, 100 points at 1.1 points per minute, 22 touches, nine marks. And for me, I was watching that game and I just wish that that was Callum Brown doing that because that's <laughs> what I want Callum. And Brown to do. But Why don't you just, take, just take us uh, He's actually been kept <laughs> for some reason. Uh, he's on what? Some crazily on some rookie list in our league. Oh, but okay, that makes if sense. I, if he wasn't, I would be all over him because he was, yeah, he was actually played the complete game for me. Um, played on the wing through the midfield. I don't know if he's going to be best 22. Potentially with the injuries that they've got with uh, Adams and Trelaw. he might sneak into that side. Yeah, that's a good um, one. I didn't
0: factor in. Sorry, Kase. before you start, did here, I talked about, um, uh, I think it was Adams's injury mm. on the weekend there and someone that could slot in. So he's actually one as well that could have a bit of a midfield bump. So. Yeah,
1: left field from there. But um, yeah, I think he's a genuine stash because he looked really, really good. So as I said, I wish that was Callum Brown because then I'd be super chips in on him this year. But uh, Dacos showed that he can play the game. Uh, Chris Maine, super, super unsexy pick, I know, but he's going to be available in every draft pool, I reckon. Uh, 31 years old and no one wants him, but uh, averaged 78 last year and had a last five of 92 points. Now, he's gone 113 and 98 in his two Marsh games uh, and running at one point per minute on Sunday. Now, the Pies love him. Uh, obviously, no Trelaw and Adams. So, so, I think he kind of just definitely slots in, not into the midfield, but genuinely cements his spot on that side as that natural leader, the experienced player there. Um, you know, I reckon he could even go, you know, a second or third round
0: pick in a, in a keeper draft. If Because he's going to be maybe, an yeah. 80 average player, no dramas whatsoever. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, look, oh, you remember when they said about Chris Mayne, where he signed that The thing? worst. One point four million dollar four year deal or whatever, yeah, and he was the worst ever trade ever. or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. just been extended on that deal. Like, like really, they're not the same money, but yeah. he's had an extension a year out before his contract ends, so he's playing again next year. So that's how highly they rate him yeah. at Collingwood. So he's definitely going to play each week because he's one of their better players, I think. Or he's definitely well, I don't know if he's a better player, but he's definitely integral to their side. He's been so really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I reckon he's yeah. I reckon if you're contending, you get him in your third round. It's going to be a good point scorer for your team. And these are the type of players you've got to pick up if you're gunning for a flag. I think that's what I found yeah. when I won mine, I had to pick up so many of these types that you just don't really want to have in your side, but mm-hmm. they're going to perform the way you need them to perform to get out of the line. Correct. Uh, ben Long, he was really impressive
1: too. So basically chalk and cheese from last week where he was a bit disappointing. Uh, had lots of speed and class off the halfback line, uh, 89 points at 24 touches. Unfortunately, there was 17 handballs in there, which we don't like to see, but I uh, can forgive him. Uh, seven marks as well. So I think that the Saints really want to play him. There seems to be this big push externally i think that they want ben long on their halfback line but i still do have my doubts so um if he keeps those handball numbers up that's not great for a halfback flanker and it seems that um st kilda seemed to have a million halfback flankers too so that's true um, it is his speed that's the big factor there and he, he looked quite good on the weekend but um whether he's exactly best 22, I'm not sure. The other issue is that, not necessarily it's an issue, but he's listed as a forward in uh, fantasy. So, um, while he's probably going to play back lines, if he does play, um, he's going to be a forward. So, that might be handy DPP if it does come throughout the year. So, if you, well, are, yeah. if you are banking on that, it could be a chance. But whether we see these
0: scores each week, I'm not too sure either. Now, the next guy, K, is Ben Patton. I think mm-hmm. you picked up stupidly early in the uh, podcaster's draft because I was expecting him to not be picked up at all. Uh, What do you mean? He's a gun. (laughs) He started off really well as well. He had 66 points. Um, He was actually
1: really in and around the game quite a lot early on. Uh, A lot of bull off that halfback line. My issue was he had a lot of bombs out of defense, which kind of just went to no one or, you know, a big pack. And I don't know if that holds you in good set, especially when there's lots of competition up for spots. But uh, I think he's still handy enough. And it's tough to gauge that back or well, the whole of St Kilda's is best 22, I reckon. But uh, they seem to have played him in those last two games, so then obviously a bit of confidence with what he can do. Uh, we'll see how we go. But if you can get him late, which I think I did, Hef.
0: I didn't go early on him. <laughs> it was like 15, we, pick 15, yeah, which I think out of 20, which is fine. It's still early. It should be the last that's pick. That's rude. It's the <laughs> 35th player on my list, man. That's Hold fine. On. Who did I pick up in round 15? Charlie Dixon. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think anyway. no, that's a good pick up. I can't
1: even bag that but uh look i think it can be handy Uh, even if it's just like see what happens but uh a late pickup but uh could be handy nonetheless All right, keep going. And lastly is Tim Membry. So, backed up his big game from week one with a respectable 86. So, week one had 138 points with four goals and week two had 86 points with one goal. So, took 12 marks each week, which is absolutely huge. And I think he just likes being the number one forward up there. So, another one who's probably going to be available in lots of drafts because no one likes to keep these kind of players... But there's plenty of upside. Like he's only 25 too. So if he can become one of those forwards who can average, you know, 80, 85 this year, he's almost borderline keeper. Now, that is quite crazy to say for some of those guys, but we do know that the forward, pool is uh, pretty shallow this year. He seems to be enjoying what's going on at St. Kilda. They look to be improving a bit.
0: He could be one that just comes out of left field and could be a real handy forward this year. Another key forward, I'm happy to take this year, Case. Another um, one. Yep, I'd definitely be happy to have him side. Just again, the scarcity of forwards, you got to take blokes like these. Um, yeah, and I think as well having a. I know he had Bruce around him. Well, Bruce rarely played last year, but mm-hmm. having a few players around him like um, I guess King and then also Ryder, who will pinch up there, and then Ryan Marshall will play a bit up there too. I think it just takes a bit of heat off him as well because mm-hmm. he's got definitely got the potential to shine. I liken him to um, a bit like Jay Schultz back in Port Adelaide back in the day. So not the best key forward in the league, but someone who's going to get a lot of goals and be a handy contributor to fantasy-wise, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, Carlton and Brisbane, the next game that night, uh, Charlie Cameron, he
1: just went bananas, um, and actually showed what he can do. So, 1.4 points per minute, which is absolutely crazy, which was 144 points, uh, kicked five goals, two, had 21 touches and eight tackles. Now, He was a mid-60s average, and he has been for the last four years. And he's actually only ever scored three talents, which I kind of found hard to believe because I thought he'd have a few big games in there because he has kicked a few bags. But for me, he just interests me that little bit. So we know he's a freak. Yes, I know that the good scores have never been there, but he could be a super super handy late pickup late because you know that he is probably going to score against the weaker teams because he's going to keep those goals and if you know that you can bank on someone who's going to get you an 80 at least you know um when you stream him in for a particular game i think that's a nice little pickup and and you know people kind of have those players that they don't go near because you know their numbers don't kind of add up to what they should be
0: but um i reckon cc could be very handy this year all right. Uh, yeah, look, someone I'm, you know, those small forward types, but, like, he's looking pretty handy. Mm. Kicks just, I think he's just going to kick a lot of goals this year. And I think that's just, just want to boost his scoring up, I think, naturally. Yeah. So, yeah, if he can get dangerous and kick, you know, two or three goals a game, I reckon he's going to be viable, yeah. Uh, Zach Bailey, I think he really cemented his spot for round one. Really impressed with uh, his game on the weekend.
1: Um, wing or halfback flank, this kid can play. Had 64 points at .8 points. Points per minute. Sorry, um, I really liked his dash and drive, and I think the Lions look really good with him in their side. Uh, a lot of upside with him, especially on a wing. Uh, there probably might be a bit of a squeeze in terms of who plays in that wing half back role for for the Lions, but um, you know I think he was really impressive on the weekend. He's a back centre in um, Ultimate
0: Footy. I think he might be one who could just really trend upwards this year. Yeah, look, I'm not... I think he's a really good player and I think he's cemented his spot in the best 22. I'm not sure where I sit fantasy-wise, but I think over time he will progress and I guess that's the point of the keeper league, isn't it? It is. It is, All right. Um Grant Birchall, speaking of keeper leagues, uh, probably one that hasn't been
1: kept... Another old guy, yes, I know, but his uh, numbers were too good to not talk about tonight. So he had 70 points at 0.9 points per minute, uh, 15 touches, which included 11 kicks and a goal. Now, I know I talked about him, um, I think it was late last year, about what he can actually do when he's fit. He's got all the ability, uh, just needed that preseason to get fit here. Now, he's going to be a smoky because there's going to be people who will just go, nah, too old, don't want a piece of him. But when he's at his best and fit, he's a genuinely good 80 average back. Now, I kind of think he might be around that best 22 mark at the Lions. But uh, as I said, I don't think he's going to go super early or even at all in some drafts because uh, of his injury history. But if you can get him really late in the draft, I think he could be a very, very
0: nice smoky. Yeah I seem to remember him getting injured on the weekend Did he hurt himself or something? I
1: don't think so I think his
0: hand He came off with a hand I remember him on the bench holding his hand But I think he might have come came back on so after So many that. touches <laughs> No he actually <laughs> just copped something So I was a bit concerned with that But I think he actually did play out the game By the look of his score So um, look he could be alright But yeah I think Another one if you're going for a flag A good one to pick up in your fence Yeah uh, Will Setterfield, he disappointed me greatly last year, but
1: actually impressed me on the weekend. Now, he seemed to be everywhere around the ground, which uh, is very unlike him. His disposal does let him down a touch, but I do think he's basically pencilled himself into round one. So the pressure's on for guys like him. He needs to deliver. Uh, was only a 67 average last year. Uh, is a mid only in 2020, which makes him a bit of a risky proposition. Could even be around in a few pools this year. So I think if you can get him kind of like around three to four, I reckon that's a good... Good uh, spot for him. Had a lot of potential as a kid. Obviously, had lots of injury issues uh, coming from GWS over to uh, Col- uh, Carlton. sorry. I reckon this is his year to shine. He was quite good on the weekend, and I'm quite interested to see what he can do this year.
0: Yeah, in the back half of last season, he, aver- he went around the 70 mark. I think 70.6 yeah. from his last 10 games. So, that's handy enough to have in your side, I think, as bench cover or your last forward F5 type thing. So, yeah, he might play, some, uh, play a role in some teams this year, I think. Now, we're talking about super unsexy players and Levi Casbolt. fits God. that bill perfectly. One of the now, grossest players out there, really. No, no, not at all. Not in now. terms of fantasy scoring, just looking at him play, really. <laughs> yeah. Not the nicest ball drop, yes. Yeah. But uh,
1: look, if you look at Carl- Carlton's list, they've got no Harry Mackay, no Charlie Curnow, which means he's going to be playing for sure up forward. Caleb Marchbank and Lockie Plowman were injured on the weekend. So, really, your only tools are like Tom De Koenig um, and McLovin. So, Casbolt is going to be integral to their... Um, their player uh, sorry their team he's a back forward in 2020 and i think he's that great d5 f5 swing man so uh the back seven games of last year he really heated up and put some really really good scores together he had three 90s and a ton in those last seven now i took him in our last spot of the podcasters draft on friday night so that's the 390th player picked up in a draft and i think that's a perfect spot to kind of pick up someone like <laughs> last. that or even earlier but like last because he's a back forward. You know, like we know that those swingman types can be quite handy in fantasy. He's going to be playing each week, especially because you know Kerno's out injured, Mackay's still injured. You know, I think there's just a role
0: for him each and every week, and he's proven that he can score well, pinch hit in the ruck and do everything. And it depends what the Blues do this year with Cruiser and Pitten. Correct, Pit, it's Pittnet. I've been calling him Pittney like an idiot. <laughs> Stop I thought It, it was Pittney. <laughs> no, it's, it's it is. Like it, well, it's supposed to be, but the commentators call him Pittnet. So Mark Pittney. Yeah, Pittnet. Anyway, um, look, it depends what they do with their ruck setup, but he's usually good for about ten hitouts a game, yeah, as exactly. well as a backup ruck uh, pinch hitter type thing there as well. So um, yeah, not the worst option there guys and my last bit is just my genuine hatred of the blues smalls now
1: they've got so many of them and i just don't know where they fit and i think they all just end up eating each other's scores now on the weekend you had gibbons fisher noon Sivani, and dow then you're adding guys like kennedy and cunningham so like where do they fit who's actually best 22 um it's just a genuine nightmare so if you're going into your draft this week i'd s- kind of strongly suggest about forgetting about all of them because it's just not worth the hassle. Let someone else deal with that problem. Now, they could actually all be anything or they could all be nothing because they've all got some talent, but at the same time, they're just basically fighting for each other for spots and for touches. And I don't like that at all. So if you're talking about who's the leader of the pack there, I think Dave Cunningham's got the most upside. And even someone like Michael Gibbons does his job week in, week out. Um, but he's only in a kind of like that 65 average player. So depends what you want. But they're kind of this big clump of a void for me. Whilst you make a good point, I think you
0: can make the case for most sides and they're small forwards. They're just not great scorers.
1: But there's just so many of these guys who are like just same plain Jane, vanilla, half back flankers, wingers, half forwards. They're nothing special. They're not really, you know, they've all shown a bit of fantasy game, but at the same time they can disappoint easily. So unless you're super keen on someone, I'd try and avoid that that kind of rat pack for me.
0: Alright, uh, we're pushing an hour now on the podcast We might have to uh, get through the next few How are we going to talk about, you know, nine games a week uh, Going forward, K, We might have to cut this down a little bit But we'll anyway, to do two podcasts <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Part one, part two It's not a bad idea um, Look, let's move on to North Melbourne versus Sydney So, uh, look, Curtis Taylor um, Don't even know who this guy is or didn't before the weekend But uh, he looked impressive um, 19-year-old He had 94 points with two goals And now he's probably a chance of playing early I just don't know how well he'll score and what the job security will be like uh, going forward. But look, definitely for your AFL Fantasy Classic salary cap type stuff, he looks like someone who could come in and make you a bit of money early. Probably worth a late pick just because we don't know a lot about him and showed that he can actually score okay. I just don't expect these sort of scores each week. Know anything about him, Case? Nothing Alright let's move on You know something about this guy though This mm-hmm. is Aaron Hall So he was playing inside mid-roll And actually looked pretty good mm. uh, He had 84 from 73% time on ground And he should be available in lots of drafts With a uh, loss of team Like rightfully dropping him After last season So yep. another one of those players To consider if you're pushing for a flag I think Or you just want to get some You know something that could Average you 80 on the field Want yep. um, to pick up for that uh, role I think Totally agree. I think he could be a real bargain if he gets a few games
1: this year. Look, he obviously had some issues last year, but we know how well he can score when he's on on his game.
0: Um, yeah, I reckon you could get him for a steal and he could provide some goods. Uh, moving on to some Sydney players here. So, James Robot, one Gun. of your boys, case. My boy. Um, do you own him? I took him uh, first pick. Oh, in that draft, but yeah. what about uh, home league? No, nah, I don't. I wish I did. Okay. I tried everything for him, but it was a non-sellable item, apparently. Damn, but he's such a gun, so he played in the midfield and only had 15 touches on the weekend, but nine tackles and kicked the goals so that bumps mm-hmm. that scoring back up there. Um, look, as a forward, I think he's a must-have, because in a few years, I reckon he is going to be an absolute fantasy jet Oh yeah. Uh, going forward. What did he score on the weekend? I don't have it written here. It was 85, that's right. So, yeah, look, really handy. I think he's listed as a forward as well, so... Might be long. Won't be long before he's a midfield only. Probably but, not. Um, yeah, he's Stick be with him because he's going to be a jet. Year. Yep. All right. And uh, last player for Sydney was Lewis Taylor. So, I just got here that he didn't look shit, um, which is <laughs> unusual. Um, unusual. So, look, noticeably he was playing on the wing. So, he played this position in the near field uh, late last year. Um, and he's listed as a, a centre only. So, that kind of backs this up. So, I feel like Horse is looking for a reliable winger to kind of – you know, pair with someone like Florent on the other side. So, look, he could be the guy because he drafted Brian Clark last year and that didn't really work out for him. So, hopefully, Taylor makes this position his. And if he does, I know he's listed as a forward, sorry, midfield only. But, uh, look, he could be handy just as one of your bench cover spots, I think.
1: Uh, Yeah, great. Look, if he's playing he's probably going to be pretty serviceable I think they've got a few players of that mould so I just don't know where he fits if you can take him late I think that's probably fair
0: fair play for yeah, him yeah and the job security is not really locked in or anything yeah, like that but yep. you know why'd you take him if you're not going to play him I guess so yep. yeah fair point let's move on to Geelong versus Essendon yes the flag favourites the
1: Bombers oh, are shit. on fire but uh, we'll start off with Geelong uh, Quinton Narkel, Uh the new kid in the midfield at Geelong can seriously play he had 86 points at point nine points per minute uh, 24 touches unfortunately 15 handballs need to improve that kick to handle ratio Quinton but uh Gaz looked gone he hardly scored him uh, scored at all on the weekend cooked and I think that guys like Narkel and Parfit guys that are going to go through the midfield mainly this year and um Narkel actually had the most center bounce att- attendances of anyone in that game I did see on that. the weekend so um I think Narkel's probably the better player than Parfit so um Grab him if you can and sit back and enjoy because the guy has genuine talent and can
0: score fantasy-wise too. I just looked up to see if he's available in our draft. But of course, the one Geelong supporter in our, in our league not. has got him. So of course he's not. I reckon that team is just full of Geelong players, When you it? stockpile every Geelong player, of <laughs> course he's not going to be doesn't really know anything about any other player apart from Geelong players. <laughs>
1: there is one guy who's available and it's grind Myers though and he's got to be a guy that you target. So he was solid last week and backed it up again this week. Uh, played a bit more forward on the weekend, which is probably where he's going to sit this year um can pinch hit in the guts on as well if he needs to which is good for you but uh had three goals 16 touches and 77 points now i think that's just a really really solid score for him pretty consistent he can go bigger especially if he gets that chance to run through the midfield but always seems around the mark and get those 20 touches quite easily. kick a few snags um i've talked about his uh his actual um childhood fantasy pedigree uh if the Cats give him the keys uh, to the midfield at all He's going to go bananas but uh, as a forward This year uh, he's someone you want to take Early I think
0: and I know how keen you are On this guy he's available mm-hmm. in our draft so I might mm-hmm. Have to another one I might have to take to dangle the carrot In front of your case. you K's just may. a few trades this way um, But no nah, look I don't think he's going to get That midfield time that you kind of keep talking about I think he's solely going to play it forward But he'll average in the mid 70s Maybe low 80s in his prime one day um, But that's handy enough for my Team so yeah I'll be looking at him Uh, Zach Toohey, the last one for the Cats. I think he's back. He looked pretty good on the weekend. Um, I know he's
1: 30 years old, but he actually had a full preseason this year, last year, which was his worst year for quite a while. I think he averaged 68 there. um, Really dropped off with uh, the injury coming into that year. He had 80 and 85 averages in his last two seasons, and I think he could get back to that in 2020. Went at 1.1 points per minute and really used it quite nicely for his 97 points. Now, I did kind of write him off last year, but I think that that was basically a, or came down to purely a fitness thing. Uh, He's fit this year, definitely got a spot in that Geelong back line, especially while someone like Jordan Clark continues to develop. And uh, I think he's going to be available in a few drafts. And as a backman who can probably push that 80 again, I think he could be a very, very handy acquisition to your side.
0: Yeah, I just don't know where I sit with him because at at stages last year, he kind of looked like he might be on his last legs and could battle to find himself to get, get back in the side. So hopefully that changes this year. I'm just a bit worried that he might be one of those older guys who is forced out by season's end. Which could be catastrophic if you need him for a grand final or something like that. So.
1: Yeah, I still think there's still plenty of life left in me. If he's only thirty, he's not like completely written off for me. Like that's still young enough. Oh,
0: to yeah, I just yeah. By the end of last season, he just wasn't looking like he was up to fitness. As much. He's yeah, fit. Yeah. He's yeah. ready to go half. I hope so. Let's Sp- move on to some some players. Oh, over, speaking of guys who are ready to go. Hello, hello, Tom Cutler.
1: He's arrived, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, played the last half in the twos uh, before backing up for the first half in Why the ones. Why was he
0: playing in the twos if he's going to be playing in the ones? Because he wanted to share
1: the love between (laughs) both Essendon VFL and Essendon AFL. Like, he's a man of the people. Oh, God. Anyway, but he dominated when he came and played the ones. 45 points at 0.9 points per minute. So much run, drive, and carry. Uh, Had eight kicks, five marks at 82% disposal efficiency. Lock him in. Genuine scorer. Gets his chance at the dons. He's going to play
0: round one, and it's going to be Tom Cutler's season. I'll ask the question again. If he's a lock for round one, he's going to be gun. Why is he playing in the twos? On the same day that he's playing, going to be running around. I don't know what you know. Game. Maybe it was a
1: fitness thing. Maybe it was like you know.
0: Why didn't I, he just play a full game in the ones? Because uh, he's
1: too good, and Essendon and uh, Ben Rutner are big on fantasy, and they want him to kind of slide in drafts. You've got to admit that's concerning, right? It is weird, but he took his opportunity and took it. I think Tim Watson
0: said that he's going to be an absolute jet at Essendon. Oh, I hope you're right. But like, like, I think like you know, his points per minute scoring on the weekend was great, because you know, he only played a half, I guess it's he does an impressive score. But I just find that weird. He was playing in the twos. All uh, right. Tom Cutler round one, he's playing. Lock it in. Okay, hope so. Yep. Just
1: take my word. He's a gem, guys. Okay. He's an absolute gem. Uh Mason Redmond, speaking of absolute gems, he could be become he could become two G for P hef. What oh, do you reckon? I agree. I am. Um, I acquired him in the offseason. Class, poise, composure. I've got, out got that him in both one. of our leagues now, I just realised. Um I had 80 points at 1.1 per minute. Uh, 10 kicks, five handballs, six tackles. Just looks complete package. Uh, very um, classy out there. You've got your speed of Sider McKenna. Uh, Redmond just kind of adds that bit more. You know, one pace, not one pace, but. Uh, bit more football awareness, I suppose. So if you can get him now, get him before it's too late. Uh, it's too late, Case. It's not too late. No, I've got him. I've yeah, got him in I the I know you leagues. do. I'm talking about the listeners. <laughs> yeah, but it's too
0: late for you, I'm saying. Not everyone cares about what's happening <laughs> in your life. You know, this is the, the show for the people. <laughs> it's too late, mate. You can't get him. I won't get him. Um yeah. no sorry, I just want to yeah, I just want to kind of chime you just in, like, rub it in. No, no, I do, I do think he's gonna be a gun. Like he just looks like the fancy type. He kind of reminds me of like Brennan Goddard. I think mm. not like yeah. you know, yeah. as he is right now, but you know, an, an emerging kind of Brennan Goddard, the same kind of player with a similar role. So pretty happy that I got him for trading Nick Nat Nui for him to a guy who was desperate for a ruck. So yeah. good get. What works. And lastly, speaking of rucks, Andrew Phillips, I think he's gonna
1: be the number one ruckman at the Dons this year. Um, Belcho just can't get his body right. And Phillips is more than handy around the ground. Scored 66 points with 14 touches and 17 hitouts on the weekend. Uh, he's proven that he can score when he's the number one man. He did that at the Blues when Cruz was down last year. Look, he's 28, so he's not necessarily one that you can build your team around for the future, but he's still going to be handy enough for a few years, especially while someone like Sam Draper develops at Essendon. So um, if you want the cover, I think he's going to be one that you can get for cheap and uh, should
0: be quite a decent scorer this year. Yep, I reckon you're the same. I reckon, I think, sorry, I think the same. I think he'll go around the 80 mark uh, this season um, if he plays uh, consistently. And then, yeah, I think he'll hand the baton over to... To Draper either late this year or, you know, at the end of next year. Um, I think Draper is the kind of number one going forward. For so if you're drafting Phillips, make sure you grab Draper as well, I think. And if you do grab Phillips, then there's not going to be many people interested in Draper, I don't think, as well. So grab him late if you can, but I think that's a pretty good handcuff option. I know there's Bell Chambers in there, but uh, I don't really see him playing that much anymore, do you? I do not. No, nah, I think Phillip's going to be handier. Agreed. All right, that's the round rewind, Kay. Are you going to stick around for the questions? And the I am membership? cooked, unfortunately. Yeah, cooked. All right, I will uh, continue on I'll solo. I'll leave the pod in your capable hands if that's okay. No worries, mate. Uh, I'll jump into the membership quickly and then uh, you can take off. So, uh, yeah, look, membership uh, still going around. Um, just because the preseason is over doesn't mean it kind of ends. It doesn't mean it's going to be no use for you going forward. Um, so, next week, we're going to sorry, this week, Friday, two more days from now, we're going to release the projections. Um, So they're going to be updated weekly. So throughout the season, you're going to be able to use these projections to find your captains or find your streamers or find your waiver wire options and all stuff like that. Also, things are going to be updated weekly are your State League fantasy scores so you can check out how your players are scoring in the twos, whether they look like playing anytime soon. And the breakout tracker is another thing that's going to update every week in season. Well, we hope it does. I'm pretty sure we'll be able to. But, um, yeah, look, that's going to... uh, you know update every season So as opposed to last year We only released it At the start of the year And mid season Now we're going to update it Every week So you can track how All the young players um, And people that haven't played 100 games yet Compared to the best players In the competition And that'll rotate as well So it'll measure it against The best players current In the game And that'll keep chopping And changing as well So you get a more accurate reading So should be a pretty handy Resource this year So if you're not on there um, You're going to need that Because otherwise People are going to take All the breakout contenders Off the waiver of wire Before you get to them So make sure you're on top of that Um um, each week we read out some gold members that have signed up. Um, we read five out each week because we've just got too many to do uh, in one hit. So this week we've got Harley Philp, Henry King, Damian Clemens... Uh, Michael Boland and Roy Davey from Destroy from uh, the Traders Podcast AFL Fantasy official uh, DT Talk. So, again, the pros are signing up, so must be doing good things, Case. <laughs> Uh All the join links are in the description. So, uh, yeah, uh, just scroll down, have a look at those if you're keen to sign up. Um Last thing before we move on to the listener questions and I do them solo is the podcast reviews. You got one last review in your case? I do. I'll go for it. So cool. it's from Hatch244. Best AFL fantasy pot. Thanks,
1: mate. Uh, just took over two keeper teams this season and was heading in blind as I've never done it before. One team I picked up finished last and was old as the Hills, age-wise. Love how you mentioned the young guys and quietly uh, heard of guys who can keep rebuilding a team it's definitely helped me so far also love the classic banter have a good
0: laugh while listening keep up the good work boys thank you sir Thanks, Hatch244. Uh, now, again, we say this every week, but we actually mean it. Well, that's our last review. like So, we need someone to write in this week to write one so we can read it next week. So, uh, please, because we're running low. Um, and, you know, if you haven't done it yet or you're enjoying the pod and you do use Apple Podcasts, um, yeah, maybe just think about doing a review so we can read it out the podcast. Otherwise, we're, uh, we'll skip this section next week. All right, Kays. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, big you. effort for you to actually get here and get it done. Um, I'll finish off the podcast with the listener questions. And uh, you only get my opinion. Tonight, listeners, but lucky it's the best opinion anyway, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> sorry, listeners, i um, You know, I hope no one else gets an ear infection from listening to half dribble. Yeah, well, it could happen, actually. All right, let's move on to the listener questions. See you later, case. Bye. All right, Hef uh, flying solo here. I've just cracked myself another uh, remedy passion fruit kombucha, and I'm gonna get stuck into some of the listener questions. Uh, yeah, big effort by K um, to actually get here and do that with the um, the ear problem. So uh, good on him for doing that. Uh, it's disappointing he can't stick around for the rest, but uh, completely understand. So let's get stuck into the questions. So Paul Vincent he asks, who do you prefer, Riley O'Brien or Rowan Marshall? Um, look, I personally prefer Riley O'Brien despite the poor showing on the weekend. Uh, Kays has written here in the show doc, show doc he prefers uh, Marshall um, just because he reckons Ryder isn't going to stick around that long. Marshall be better going forward. I just think last year that uh, the Saints weren't super happy or didn't seem super happy with his ruck work. And I think that's why they've got Ryder is to kind of find some sort of replacement or, you know, some sort of chop out that's going to be better in the taps and things like that. So I guess we'll see how it pans out. I know Marshall was great around the ground, but I just don't think they were super happy with his ruck work, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I could be wrong on that too. And you know, it could be different under a new coach as well. There might be different standards or might be different belief in him. But it's just something to think about. I reckon Riley O'Brien's a better get. K's working on Marshall, so go figure. <laughs> just flip a coin and hopefully it comes up okay. Um, look, Chris Collin, he asks, who do you, do you have? Uh, sorry, who do you believe are the top five players from the most recent draft who will be long-term Super Coach must-haves? Now, look, I don't play Super Coach, um, so I can't really give you too much info. But just looking at some of the Super Coach numbers from the juniors, like Matthew Rau, I think it's going to be up there. Uh, Luke Jackson as a ruckman, I think he will pull some Super Coach numbers. Uh, The long term Tom Green looks like a jet All class So he'll be up there too Um, Look Devin Robertson I don't know There's always talk about Well I always heard There was talk about um, His disposal And things like that But looking at his Junior numbers as well Awesome super coach numbers Blokes like Hayden Young Are going to be all class Caleb Sarong too I think Hayden Young In particular for super coach More so than AFL Fantasy Because I reckon He's a quality over quantity type Um, So yeah I reckon some of those players Would be some of the better Super coach must-haves Going forward Um Next question: Are uh, the Tapsman. So, how many sons is too many sons? So, Brody, Ainsworth, McPherson, Greenwood, Weller, Took, Rao, etc. All outstanding pre-seasons, but what happens from here? They can't all average eighty-five, can they? Um, look, I reckon it's probably a bit too many, but that said, I don't know who you get rid of. Um, I would be happy to offload Took Miller, I reckon, and uh, just looking at the rest. Look, Brody, um, Will Brody is he best 22 is he not best 22 does he have a decent fantasy scoring role in the side I know he was good at the end of last season I think without injury he would have been fine he's one I'd consider trading that the price is right same with uh, Took Miller I just don't see where he fits in the term big scheme of the uh, I guess the Gold Coast midfield and how um, strong it's getting with all the kids plus he tags a little bit and can get stuck up forward too so if you need to get rid of any I reckon you'd probably consider getting rid of uh, Will Brody and getting rid of uh, Took because you should be able to get something pretty decent for Will Brody and uh, Took Miller I just don't know if he can um, just maintain the scoring with all these kids coming through in the midfield. That's all. Um, at Jamie Mott, so looking to pick up a speculative free agent from the pool in a 10-team league. Um, Lococious, Perryman, Battle, Chera, Robottom, Marshall are all not drafted. Um, is there anyone that jumps out to you that will break out this year or is it a year too early? Keep up the good work, guys. Mate, there are so many breakout candidates in there. I reckon Perryman for mine uh, would be my go-to because I'm confident that he's going to um keep that back status going forward because I think he'll play in defense slot this year. Uh, Kay's is pretty keen on uh row bottom but that's his boy. Um I don't mind row bottom. I just think uh without forward status he just becomes that little bit less valuable as say someone like Perriman so that's someone I would go from there. I'm just gonna pause from a uh, for a quick uh, refreshment. Just give me a second. Uh, doing a lot of talking by myself here, it's uh, with no one to give me a chop out. It's uh, a bit difficult, but we'll move on to the next question from uh, at twr four one two. So. Would you think with 15 keepers That keeping four sons is too bold And I say absolutely not to that Um, Look I kept five Port Adelaide players When I was uh, in a 16 keeper team And won the flag with those So my five were uh, Wines, Boke, Westhoff, Pittard And Ryder uh, were my five keepers there So um, look I think you can As long as they score well And they don't kind of eat into each other's scoring too much Like they play in different areas So some are forwards, some are defenders, some are midfielders I don't think it's too much Because I think they can all score together You've got to worry if you've got say you you know, all five of them in the same midfield, that'll probably hurt you. But I think if they split up a little bit, they'll be fine. Uh, Lucky Burns. So, Will Brody done enough to get that on ball roll. Um, Look, I didn't see the game because I thought you know, the AFL thought it was a good idea to start a game at 4.30. Um, but look, sounds like he went okay. Does Has he done enough? It's really hard to tell with all those young uh, midfielders coming in. I think, though, he will play early just by the look of him. I think his efficiency was actually quite good um, on the weekend as well. Don't quote me on that because I can't quite remember. But um, I can't remember the numbers. Um, specifically actually I can look them up Right now Let's have a look With Will Brody um, Winner 84% So a big thing Sorry 78% With Will Brody I think in the past um, He Kind of burnt the ball A lot more And didn't really have much Of a uh, Contested uh game as much so I think he's kind of worked on those things quite well I think he's fought enough to work his way to the side yeah so I reckon he should uh, have some sort of a role but I think he's a type of player as soon as something goes pear shapes Chewy Jew will be pretty hard on him we've seen he's a bit harder on Fiorini as well so um, look monitor that one but I think for now he's probably in the best 22 uh, Ross Taylor. So your top three breakout players. So um, for mine, I think Andrew Brayshaw is right up there. Uh, Dan Houston. I will probably have Dan Houston one actually, and then Brayshaw after that. And on top of that, I think Jackson Hately um, from there. I think he's going to have a big season. And I'm really confident that GWS are going to yeah not bring those midfielders into the midfield. Uh, sorry, not bring those defenders into the midfield like they did last year. And they're going to play blokes like Haitley and play blokes like Green and give them a run through the guts because I think that's what they desperately need is just a bit of a injection of youth. Um, so I think um, that, you know, and that kind of thing will get into the next level, I think. So I think uh, those three there, Houston, Brayshaw, and Jackson Hately, are going to be the top three breakout players. And Jaden Short, I think, is going to be one that's very, very close as well. just couldn't fit in my top three. Uh, Greg Mays, he asks, uh, which first and second year under the radar players have impressed you this season? And could it be worth a speculative bench position in a long-term keeper league? So under the radar, I think so. Guys that aren't, uh, you know, everyone's talking about, on the keeper league channels, um, going around. I think second-year players for mine would be um, Taron Thomas. I think he's a bit under the radar because he's probably not going to be a huge fantasy scorer going this season, but he just looks like a fantasy type for mine. Um, Lucky Schultz is someone that could be okay. Um, you know, if he develops the way I think he might. Um, Darcy Fort as well. For, I know he's not a he's not a he's a mature age pickup last year, but he was doing some good things on the ruck on the weekend. I think everyone else. Um, that you talk about are kind of well and truly on the radar. So I think those guys, you know, blokes like uh, Robottom or, um, you know, players like that, Jackson Hately, they're already kind of out there. People know about those. But I think for those guys, um, you know, late picks, I think they're going to be good pickups there. First year, I think someone that not many people are talking about a lot is uh, Caleb wrong. So I think he would be a good uh, late pickup if you can get him as well. So yeah, because I think he's just got good fantasy numbers, a bit of a fantasy game. Uh, last question comes from uh, at rust 2468 uh, What's your favorite kombucha cocktail? So um, look, I tried the blood orange with gin, but uh, I wasn't a, a, a huge fan. I'm not really, I don't know. I don't really like, alcoholic beverages apart from beer um and believe it or not i don't drink that much beer i might have uh, you know three or four a, a weekend or something like that but i don't you know go nuts on them so um it was a bit of a something different uh, to try the kombucha and gin and I, I, I look i didn't love it but caves reckons um you know garnish is a bit of a must. Uh, so you, you put some mint or something in that and uh, fruit some ice so maybe i was just doing it wrong just trying to drink a uh, kombucha and gin uh together so yeah we'll have to wait and see I might give it another try in the coming weeks to see how it tastes so um yeah that's a that's a wrap so once again um my apologies uh for the lateness I think uh with Kase's injury um you know he should know better than to get on a surfboard just before uh, uh the fantasy season begins and one of the biggest podcasts of the year but you know should happen so um it's good good of him to actually yeah, get up and about and come in today and get that done um yeah basically check us out in our socials at keeper league pod uh facebook twitter instagram all those uh Check out the membership stuff if you're keen and make sure you check out uh, Dos from the Draft Doctors, his music video that's coming out on Thursday this week. Um, Yeah, you might see a familiar face in the film clip. So, uh, yeah, that should be pretty fun. All right, listeners, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk through our Keeper League teams and then go through some projections and stuff like that for the season. And after that, we'll be in. So it's getting pretty bloody close now and getting very exciting. So thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.